Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That's our number. You know, that that, that uh, little news blurb there, it, it just reminds me of how amazing it is what's going on in space right now, what's going on in technology, AI, and all these other things. It's not the government. And I think we forget this. We just kind of got, kind of blow right by it. You know, another successful launch by not NASA, a private company where billionaires just decide to go and spend ridiculous amounts of money on a really bad idea, like let's launch rockets and see if we can go to Mars. I mean, it's like, okay, whatever. To what end? Well, it, who knows what end, right? And how quickly it happens, and it's it's private industry, and it's one company versus the other. It's not my money being wasted down some ridiculous bureaucratic rat hole that they can't make any decisions about. It takes forever, so the technology even goes away before you can ever even start it. It's gosh awful how bad government is at really everything except sucking money out, corruption, things like that. I mean, they're really good at that. But wrecking the economy and and inventive things and creative stuff is like, we just like blow right by it, don't we? Yeah, SpaceX launched another rocket. Yeah, SpaceX makes it possible to take a little suitcase, put it in your car, go wherever you want to. And push a button and have internet service. High speed. Not, you know, for those of you who had like Hughes or something like that, was like, we had lots of spinning a little spinning thing. I tried that once. Got so mad at all the other companies. That, anyway, bad idea. This is high speed. High speed stuff. Private company. It, it, let, let's suppose we were thinking about this in Congress. Do you think that would be out of a committee yet? Do you think they would have launched one satellite? It's amazing. It's such an interesting time and how fast things are going. I know it's scary, it's frightening, it's all those things, and it allows people to just hunker down at home, and then we have all those other problems. And I know it's really weird, too. Because it's like I was having this discussion with the Boise Open. We've got people at our house, we got great friends. And we were talking about the and just how is this possible that so many women and children are being abused at the border, our border, that we don't do anything about it. I mean, it just like makes you so angry, doesn't it? <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, it's just, it's just a really terrible thing, what's happening. And we don't even talk about, we can't talk about it because you know why? Because it's politics. How is it politics? That women are put into sex trades. That children 
are put to kitty porn. Seriously? This is political because JoJo won't do the border, so we can't talk about this stuff. It's unbelievable. They make a great movie. I don't I don't I haven't seen it yet. I will, I promise. But it isn't even available for mass distribution. Why? I, I don't know why. I do know why. But I don't understand why. why. Why would that be a political message to save children and women from a horrifying experience? I, I, I don't get it. And, and the thing that I was thinking about regarding those two things is this weirdness of time that we're in. And I think it throws off our whole investing thought process when we can't think how great something is that billionaires are running around and, and, and oh, they have too much money. We need to take it away. We need a billionaire's tax, says Elizabeth Warren. To do what with? Allow this stuff on the border to happen? Pay off one of your cronies over here? Make more rules about stuff that doesn't work? What? What, what? what does the government want more money with that is going to be better than what these guys do for all of society? We're in this weird time where the world is upside down. It's just upside down. And I know how easy it is to be afraid and go buy gold and equity indexed annuities and, and listen to people who hey, guarantee this, guarantee that, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you never make any money. But it's guaranteed because the world's coming to an end, part 1.6 million. This is the 700th time in the last 10 years the world is coming to an end. Whether it's climate change, it's digital currencies, it's whatever we want to just burn our head about and get all wound up about. Yes, get wound up about it, but don't change your investing. It always works. This other stuff never works. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I, I think it's just kind of stuck in my head, right? It keeps rattling around saying, okay, so we've got markets that are easy to work. And they, yeah, I can't wait really to get to the second hour, to be honest with you. I've got some really great stuff I kind of dug up, some, some really great, just a whole bunch of basic stuff, really great. This stuff, the market, always works. 100% of the time, it goes up, it goes down, and then 100% of the time, it goes back to all-time highs. It works better than any other investment in the world. You can do it for like 50 bucks a month. I mean, it's nothing. You can do it for nothing. A cup of coffee a day, $5 a day for 40 years. In the S&P 500, not Google, not the IPO. The whole thing, the quotes market. $1.1 million. Yeah, but... But what? Think about the last 40 years. The 50% market corrections that you had. Multiple times. I think four times in 40 years. 
twice in a 10-year period. The financial collapse, the internet bubble, 9-11. Wars that never ended. Really crazy, weird politicians, brainless bureaucrats, deficits. It just, it just goes on. Inflation, recessions, blah, blah, blah. It just goes on. All of that occurred. All of it. In that. But I don't want to do that. How about we do this thing over here that doesn't work? That, that, that has never worked. Well, I've wrote nine books to prove that gold is about to take off, said Howard Ruff. That produces no income, does nothing. Was at $800 an ounce when I started in the industry 40 plus years ago. And is at a whopping $1,900 today with not one dividend. Yeah, let's do that because this time it'll work. I don't understand. I don't. I can't wait to get to this stuff in the second hour. I got, but right now I got to take a quick break. And I also today, you know, I was thinking about this. I haven't had many calls lately. And I, 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 I appreciate that sometimes it's just like you just kicking back and listening, put your feet up. And I appreciate that very much. I really do. And I appreciate the notes, the comments. But it's also cool to call. <laughs> it's 580-5436, 580-KIDO. Uh, it's dave at petsofinancial.net if you prefer email. And we'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Isn't that awesome? I mean, seriously. that A, a, a conversation in her voice. Just amazing. Absolutely stunning. AI is not all bad. Is not all deadly dangerous. It is dangerous. But it's going to solve a lot of problems and imagine how enriching their lives will be with her having a voice. That's just stunning, stunning, stunning stuff. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Let's go to the phones. Jim, how are you today? Morning, Dave. What's good, happening? Good morning. Good morning. The Boise opening is, uh, open is happening and a an air show today. But I'm going to tell well, you this, the, the, the double secret. Okay, yeah. the best seat in the house for the air show is on our back nine, which is the tournament front nine for the Boise Open. Well, They're I'll like flying right over. Yeah, they were practicing Thursday, and mm-hmm. I heard it last night. You know what's interesting is sometimes I use sound effects. You know, like for instance, when I uh, there's a musical that was written about the Caribbean, and I took this cruise. So anyway, I got some some sound of the water and and put that with the music. Well, anyway, I'm laying out there yesterday, and these jets, I mean, nobody's come up with a muffler for the damn things, you know? (laughs) I know. They are loud. I mean, you talk about, you know, and about the time they finished, uh, there was this music we played in band called Rolling Thunder. And I'm like, damn. So I run out with my tape recorder, and it's too late. So maybe they'll be running around creating all sorts of havoc today. They will be. Two days of it. Yep, yep. They were just practicing uh, the last couple of days. But anyway, great stuff. Well, anyway, uh, I'm, uh, so far I am still uh, not buying gold. Thanks to my father, he gave me some. 
and uh, <laughs> I'm not buying annuities, and I'm still not uh, buying AK-47s. I'm not buying shovels and not digging bunkers. I don't know. I'm just enjoying life, and uh, well, the old expression, "Life is what happens hmm. while you're worrying about all the bad things that could happen." Yeah, that's uh, John Lennon, I believe, said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Lennon's thing was origin. The original was, uh, I think, was "Life is what happens while you're making plans." That's correct. You're absolutely right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it was. Yep. So, Yep. Anyway, I felt sorry for you, so I thought I'd give you a call. Uh, maybe, I appreciate it. I appreciate maybe I'll it. Prime the pump. We actually have a call from Connecticut today, so that's that's going to be great. So Connecticut, Connecticut. Like Connecticut. That's right. That is. <laughs> well, anyway, take care. Have a hey. nice golf tournament, and I hope you have a good call from Connecticut. Okay, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. You have a great day yourself. All right, you can hear the music. We're going to tap out for this hour. And between phone calls on the next hour, I've got some interesting things here. I, uh, I really do. I, it's, fun, it's fun to kind of dig through. and oh, I haven't talked about this in forever. And so, anyway, I, some, some of the basics that I really, as you know, I really enjoy. So, amazing world we live in. SpaceX launching rockets. Uh, building satellite systems. It's amazing. It's an stunning thing. AI. Ah, miracles around every corner. All right, we're out of here for Fox News. Back for hour number two. Hello, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, our usual. We're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. That's not what we're here to do. It's noise. It's brain clutter. It's ridiculous is what it is. Nobody knows what the future is going to bring, and literally 51%, I know it sounds almost like a made-up number, but it, it, it's not, 51% of Wall Street predictions are wrong. Now remember, these guys are highly, highly paid to tell us, well, well I think that their corporate earnings, blah, 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 times the P-E ratios will be... 3,200 on the S&P by the end of the year. Now, we're not asking, actually saying will they be precisely correct. No, not at all. What's the market going to do? And this year, for example, just so classic, right? It's so classically wrong. Based on last year, tech stocks had a horrible year last year, right? I mean, just horrible. Google, Amazon, all these others. Just terrible year last year. After a huge run for you know last decade, but anyway, they had a terrible year last year, and so everybody was really sure now that you couldn't own, shouldn't own tech stocks heading into 23. And of course, what you needed to do was own the things that did a lot better last year, which were the value stocks. They were finally making their run. This was going to be great. So buy energy, uh, utilities, value plays. The two worst performing sectors in the S&P 500 this year are utilities. Bear, way behind energy. Uh, literally, I'm not, I'm not joking. These are the only two negative sectors in the S&P for the year. Far and away, the best is tech. What was the market going to do this year? No good at all. It's, it's just silly 
We're asking the wrong questions, and I'm going to spend some time talking about this. Doesn't it doesn't matter what the market's going to do this year? But that's all people talk about. Well, what do you think? Have we broken the technical things? What do you think about Nvidia? What do you think? Blah blah blah. I don't know what the market's going to do over the next six months. It's completely irrelevant to the dividends that are going to be paid in the S&P 500, which are going to be more than they were last year. I can't guarantee that. I can just tell you that the first two quarters of this year, that has absolutely been true, and I bet you it is in the next two because it happens almost every year, year over year. And certainly over time, every reasonable period of time, the income from the companies that you own goes up at three times the rate of inflation. Three times the rate of inflation. It's not even close. It's the greatest income story never told. Okay, all right, all right. But what's the market going to do? Oh, I don't know. Nobody knows. I know. It's it's a natural, it's just this human natural thing. We go, oh, yeah, okay. All right, well, what do you think? I love what Warren Buffett says about that, right? He says, we have never had a market outlook. We never will have a market outlook. Huh? Yeah, but but Warren, what do you think the market's going to do? <laughs> right? Never had one. Really super wisdom there. Because the world is chanting about what the market, I mean, all day long on CNBC, right? So what's your market outlook? What's your market outlook? What's your outlook for interest rates? What's your outlook for the market? What's your outlook? Don't have one. They would never get invited back. Interesting. So the greatest investor of our lifetimes has no market outlook. And everybody else does. Weird. It's not weird. It's kind of interesting insight, isn't it? Kind of interesting insight. It's amazing. Now, before I dive into all of these other things that I wanted to talk about, and by the way, our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Mike from Connecticut called, and we talked during the break. His question was, because he's running errands, all these other things, right? So, actually twofold. He's actually very involved in Connecticut with the USS Idaho. Now, you haven't heard a lot about the USS Idaho. But the USS Idaho is an attack sub that's about to be commissioned. Sometime December to March should be ready to roll. Interesting. But uh, USS Idaho. And so I, 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 our, our former governor, Kemp Thorne, is uh, um, uh, heading up that commi- the commissioning. And um, you'll hear more and more about it. But it's, it's, it's coming. It's rolling here. Our own Idaho attack sub is coming. So he wanted to 
kind of give a quick update on that. Now, the other one, though, is a question on the on Roth 401ks. So he has a 401k. He's 60 years old, okay, meaning he's beyond that age 59 and a half. That's an important point because the question is, does he have to wait five years on a Roth to pull it out without having it be taxed, right? And the answer is yes and no. You can take your principal out. You could do this really at any age. It's not an age qualifier to get your principal out. In other words, I put in $10,000, you can take 10. But to get earnings out, tax-free and without penalty, the 10% penalty, you have to have a Roth opened for five years. So it's yes and no. And you don't put money in a Roth to take it right back out. It's, but if you have an emergency and you need to, that's money that you can get out, unlike a regular IRA. So you can pull this out, the principal, without penalties before five years are up. Okay? So great question, a great reminder, if you will, uh, of the, of the uh, advantages of a, of a Roth IRA. There, and there are multiple advantages for sure. Tax-free buildup over the years. That is, it's really truly an incredible tax, t- you know, tax tool to, that you can use down the road. All right, Mike, thank you very much for your question. Appreciate it. And the update on the USS Idaho, our own attack sub. All right, let's spin this back and start talking a little bit about, and by the way, our number is 580-KIDO. It is interesting that people feel like we need to understand the markets and where they're going to go, and if I only knew more, I could make more money, and that's really not true. It's the, the actual opposite is true, Okay. The opposite is true, because we overthink things. We are clever by half any way you want to phrase this. Oh, well, I've been analyzing the economy and blah, 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 blah. If you analyze the economy this year, I'm not picking on this year like it's a weird year. It's because nobody ever remembers the, 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 the 10 wrong predictions that were made Every year for the last 10 years. They don't remember the nine before this year. So we, we, we try to use recent memory, right? You make most of your money in a bear market. Most. You just don't know it at the time. So when markets go down and give you great bargains, and they do from time to time, you just buy. You don't be predicting this is the lowest price coming. You, you don't have to do that. You shouldn't do that because you will miss. So over this past year, everybody's certain market's going to continue to go down. It goes screaming higher. But the opportunity you had to buy companies, the greatest companies, literally, I mean, the ones that are like $1 trillion, $2 trillion market caps, Amazon, Google, on and on. You got the opportunity to buy them one year ago. One year ago, anywhere from 20% off to 45% off. Most people didn't do that. Yeah, I've always wanted to own, I don't know, Google. God, 
was, I missed it. Hey, it just it, it went down thirty five percent last year. Oh yeah, I know, but it's 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 in the doghouse. I mean, nobody. I was watching CNBC the other day. Sell, 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 sell. sell. No, nobody likes tech right now. I think it's going to go down even more. You know, it's terrible. The outlook is just horrible. Okay, so we went from. Gosh, I I really missed that one. I wish I wish we would have. It's a third off. Nah, no thanks. I, I think it's going to be worse. It'll go lower. I've been, you know, cranking up CNBC, studying their things a lot, looking at the charts, you know, that kind of stuff. We miss it. So, so when we get the opportunity in a bear market, and we sure had one in technology last year. Wow. Wow. Big bear market. We get these opportunities, and this is when you make the most money. You just don't know it at the time. The decision is, we're down 20%. We're down 25 on Amazon. I could get worse. Everybody hates it. I'm going to buy some. Or... We try to outguess and worry about where the low is. Because when you buy it down 25, you know it's going to go down 30. It always does. You don't get the low price ever. It's just, it's just the healthiest way to look at it. It's like, wow, this is down 25%. That's probably going to go down 50, but I'm going to buy some right here. And if it goes down 50, I'll buy some more. Because I've always wanted to own that. And you see, it's not an all or none. You can always nibble at it. You can put some in, put a little bit in. On the way down. And quit trying to catch the dead bottom because this is hard enough mentally. That's the only, this is the only thing it is. It's a mental game. And I don't mean because you're trying to outsmart the market. No. You just have to control your own emotions. So understanding that when you buy something, you will be very disappointed. Like the next day. When you sell something, you will be very disappointed like the next day. Well, that's crazy. No, it's not. When you sell something, it probably will go up. I have the same feelings. It's just like it's just like you go, <laughs> Dave, come on. You just make like 800% on this investment, and you sold a few shares. Yeah, and it went up the next day. Stupid guy. No, <laughs> you just hit a home run. It's okay. It's okay. And we have to fight that mentality all of the time. But that brings me to this, too. I've been really thinking about this a lot. And this is back to a Warren Buffett thing. And I know, I know, I know, I've, I've talked about this. But I just said, you know, oh, here's this 800 percenter. Right. That's great. You know what? I've said this a million times. Well, not a million. Okay. Somewhat less of that. But. A lot of times, you're going to be wrong a lot, both in timing. You're never going to get the exact high price and low price. This just doesn't happen. One. But two, most investments don't work out very good. There are very few Apples and Googles, Amazons and the like. Very few. But you see, what you don't have to do is get it right very often. And this is where I think we just like surgically 
destroy ourselves <sighs> and our investment plans. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how I just, oh, it's horrible. I bought Beyond Meat years ago, bought some telecommunications companies. Oh my gosh, they were terrible. Owning Verizon and AT&T has just been a nightmare of a story. Terrible. They're terrible investments. Okay. You sell and move on. Okay, so Warren Buffett says he's made 12 investment decisions, 12 decisions in his life that account for almost all of their outperformance. Of their returns, he says. He didn't even say outperformance. That most of his investment decisions are mediocre at best. Most. Twelve decisions, two of which are personnel decisions. His partner and the genius that ran, run, ran his insurance net, uh, network, his empire, if you will. Ten. So ten investment decisions. He bought this company, that company, ten of them over a 70-year period that account for almost all of their gains. Mediocre at best. The greatest investor. How many do you think we're going to get right? And see, the whole point is this. You don't have to. How many, how many do I have to get right when I own Apple and Google and Microsoft over the last 10 15 years. Hmm? How many? Do I have to get them all right? Or like I got to get most of them right? Uh-uh. I can get them all wrong besides those. All of them. And have superior returns. That's what this is about. Not being right all the time. But when you're right, you own it. You own those companies. You don't trade them off. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and once again, thank you for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. You know, I, tying back in to talk about this, like, you know, we make most of our money in a bear market. We just don't know it at, at the time. Because Volatility is our friend. It's the only reason you get to buy bargains. And I know, I know we can't see this clearly. We don't like volatility. We don't like to see our accounts say, oh, you had $500,000 and your 401k is now four hundred. dollars Ugh, I'll never retire. Wrong. Now, all of the, you know, generally speaking, stocks... Are available 20% off. You get 20% more, which also means 20% more income for life on every share you buy at that time. 20% more income for the rest of your life only because you bought then. You have to expect volatility. Like I say, all the oh, what's the market going to do? Can't answer that. Nobody can. It's always the question people ask. It's always the question that people must answer on CNBC or they don't get invited back. Because that apparently is the babble that we have to 
babble about. It just is. It's this like, well, I'm a, I'm with CNBC, and so I'm a you know reporter dude, and I'm here to interview you. What's the market going to do? What's your outlook? What's your outlook for interest rates? What's your prediction of the future? How many people will there be in the world? Uh huh. Uh huh. What's your prediction for China? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. What's your prediction for European markets? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Cryptocurrency, uh-huh. Right, they don't know. And nobody's allowed to say, I don't know, we don't predict that. We look for great corporations to own. And we buy dips when we get them, when we're lucky enough to get them. That's the volatility that's really our friend. We need to welcome it, not run from it, not be afraid of it. It is, if you will, it's another way to look at it, too, is it's, it's the cost of owning the most profitable, far and away, bar none, investment that there is. Stocks. I don't think it's a cost. I think it's an opportunity. But if you think it's a cost, okay. But I want 10% a year. I don't want 4 and that's what the equity index annuity will give you, three or four. Because it's guaranteed not to work. It won't. It can't. We check periodically, find out what the rates are and all those things, what the caps are, all that stuff. Check once in a while. Find out what it costs to put a floor. And, there, and I've, I've told you this many, many times. If you're that afraid of the market and the volatility, so, okay. But there's a price. And there's really great ways to do it now that don't tie up your money for 10 years and that they don't take 10% right off the top in commissions. I know, I know. We get, here, here's the greatest lie. There's no fees. Okay, great. No fees. A 10% upfront commission is not a fee. I guess that's maybe because fees are tiny, come out over time. You have an option of paying or not. You can leave. You can do. This one's gone, and it's kind of super high. It's like almost criminal. Nothing has 10% commissions anymore, you would think. It's crazy. Crazy. Volatility is our friend, but you have all kinds of opportunities now with buffers, buffered uh, ETFs, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Buffers mean, hey, if the market goes down 10%, how much do I lose? Zero. What if it goes down 15? Well, if you want a 15 buffer, you can have one. Or you would lose five on the 10% one. You pick the buffer. The cap comes with it. You change your mind in a couple months. Okay. Guess what you do? You sell it. Because it's an exchange-traded fund. It's just ongoing. You ticker. Oh, let's punch in the ticker. Sold. Bye gone super neat super neat and there really are times I and mean, you've got all kinds of etfs that are out there with much lower volatility than the market if that's what you need but they're not horrible and they don't tie you up forever da, da, da. but the easiest game in the whole wide world is to buy when things are down trim when they're up and don't try to guess the bottoms and the tops and try to make market predictions. Just own the great corporations of the world. That's the cleanest, bestest way. But if you can't handle the volatility, go into something that you can get out of when you get more comfort, more understanding, and you're not getting a pitch 
and you're not paying 10% upfront commissions. Nothing's that expensive anymore. Nothing. And you don't buy the lies, you don't buy the fear and all that stuff. You just, it's there. It's there. There's lots of stuff out there. There's even stuff that's 100% guaranteed. I don't know why you'd buy something like that. If the market goes to zero, the world's ended. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, it's done. All the corporations, all their money, everything's worth zero. Guess what? Everything you have is also worth zero. That's just the way it is. It's kind of like, I'm pretty sure that your money is not special to everybody else's. Pretty darn sure. All right. We're going to take a quick break here for Fox News. And Terry and Tim, you will be up to bat next. I appreciate it. And uh, hang, hang tight, though, you two, okay? 580. K-I-D-O. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. 580-5436-580-K-I-D-O. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Terry, thanks for holding. Go ahead, please. Oh, good morning, Professor. Good morning. i got to stop listening to you because right before I we went to break there, you, you said uh, things will be worth uh, zero. I, but beans and bullets will never be worth zero. You should have a little bit stuck aside just to be safe. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not <laughs> yeah, ready not to build all. a bunker, but I'm okay with uh, some guns and and some beans. I think that's a great idea. So yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I I totally I and I know I'm not and I am truly not making fun of people who are uh, what do they call them preparers or whatever. Preppers, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I just. That's fine because it, what I, but what I'm talking about is economic preparation, right? It's just like invest and live. Let's go. Um, there's no sense in me worrying about AI. It's if it if the Terminator's here, I, he, I'm done. I mean, I can worry all I want, but what am I going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just stand there and give them the finger of the last great act of defiance. There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I yeah, I just wanted to emphasize uh, that this is a accumulation phase time. I'm here to be a good, bad example of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the downturns, we, we were putting away money when we were making money, and I get to live my life of uh, indulgence. Yeah. Terry, are you there? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just get Yeah, absolutely, Terry. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, I think that we forget at how, I don't know, take for granted maybe is a better way of putting it, how incredibly abundant our lives are. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we find fault in so many things that really are irrelevant to, and make no sense. I mean, I'm going to go hang around my country club with a bunch <laughs> of country club people and the rest of the Boise people. And talk to, you know, talk with them, have fun with them, have a beer with them. And you know what we're going to see flying overhead? We're going to see an amazing show. Well, yeah. well that's when we were out, out at the guard there. Uh, we used to, I had to bite my tongue every time I'd hear some noise complaint come in. That, uh, the great philosopher George Carlin always said, I'd sell the houses by the airport to deaf people. <laughs> yes. I didn't. They didn't think that would go over too well. You no, know, no, no. That might be a little insensitive, actually. But yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, that's me. I'm heck. I'm going to care what you think most of the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's just it's amazing. And the, you know, you know, my my sweet wife always calls it the sound of freedom, 
But I, I'll tell you one thing I'm really glad we don't have are those F-35s out there. That's just a little too sound of freedom-ish uh, for, for, I think, all of us. It makes no sense. We've got a lot of facilities size down of at Mountain Home that can be, be used for that. You most certainly do. I just still don't understand. Well, I hear people say, uh, oh, yeah, it's a different branch. I don't care if it's different. I think we're on the same team, dude. I think we're on the same team. Let them have a runway out there for crying out loud in a building or two. It just doesn't make any sense. It's the, the silliness of this. But um, it's done. They're not going to be here. So I'm, I'm, I'm a one happy camper about that. A couple of days every once in a while. Oh, yep. and earlier with Mr. Miller, you were talking about uh, statistics and whatnot and politicians and all. And I always I, I question there about uh, why do we pay attention to bureaucrats using the numbers of other bureaucrats that other bureaucrats have made up to justify their jobs. Correct. They do. It's unbelievable. It's just like, you know, they're, they're, the government's really proud. I, I heard the little news blurb, right? And um, about uh, the cancer. We're going to spend money on cancer and cure cancer. Yeah. Like, like Joe's going to do that, right? And they're going to spend $24 million. Mm. That's, I think that's what Merck and Pfizer spend a day In trying to cure cancer yeah. on their own, per. I mean, I'm sure it's hundreds of millions every single day that are being spent by corporations, not taxpayers, yeah. doing research. It's unbelievable to me. Millions of dollars is just about a... a good enough bribe for a third-level Ukrainian politician. That's not even enough for Joe, Joe, Joe and his family, for crying out loud. I'm, I'm done going there, though, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. But anyway, David, go down and uh, give the boys on the practice range a, a few tips there so they'll get better today. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's, uh, it's exciting. They're tearing up the golf course, I'll tell you. Six under was the cut. Six under to even get to the weekend. Incredible. Well, it's, yeah, it's such a short little course anyway. Oh, pardon me. I didn't. It is. <laughs> they destroyed, especially when the the rain came through. All right, Terry. Have a great rest of the day. Take care, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Our number is 580-KIDO. Tim, thank you for holding. Go ahead, please. Uh, hi, Dave. Thanks for taking the call. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm learning to uh, manage my own portfolio, and I have uh, mainly some individual equities and a few ETFs. And I try and do the dividends as much as I can, but I'm curious on dividends with an ETF, if you've got an ETF that has a bunch of dividend companies, what happens to that dividend? Does it go to the managing fund or are those rolled into your individual? Because on my individual equities, I can see those dividends coming through. Mm -hmm. But with an ETF, I'm not sure how it works. Nope, it pays a dividend uh, sometimes once a year, maybe quarterly. Uh, let's say um, one that we use is a dividend growing one. Uh, we use it, gosh, I, literally tens of millions of dollars we, we have in that. Um, it's in, in, in a couple different ones. But the, they, they will pay that out. I believe it's it is a quarterly small dividend on one of them, and it's once a year on the other one. So it just is. Is, it, each, mm -hmm. is each one within the fund just kind of weighted so it uh, it averages out? Everyone has a different criteria. Okay, so so what you have, but what, what what you're going to see is coming out of that. The only thing that goes to the investment company is the stated expense ratio 
of the ETF okay. you have. So um, one of the ones we use, I think it's like 0.18. It's very small, okay? But it is, it is not like a managed mutual fund where they literally are going in and picking stocks, yes, no. They do pick them, but what they're doing is using the criteria, uh, some kind of criteria, a quality screen, a dividend growing screen, and then they siphon through and they go, and then they put a rules band on them, like they have to be this size, they have to trade this many shares, and so on and so forth, and, and you, you whittle it down to, to where you have, I'm going to make it up. 80 different names of the fastest dividend-growing companies of a certain size, certain ratings, whatever it is. And um, that's what they're going to have. And some of those companies are going to pay 0.5%, like Apple, right? It, right. It, okay. But they raise their dividend every year. So you're going to find them in a fast-raising dividend fund, right? And and you're not going to find the one that's that's paying 8%. Because they don't raise their dividend. Most people think they're going to cut it. It doesn't pay eight for free, right? It's sure, going to be sure. cut. And so so you have all this different criteria, and it's simply going to be we sort it out, and then we, re, we do our buying and selling quarterly, okay? So we rebalance quarterly or once a year or once every six months. Once a month, it's it, each one is different and tries to have a little different bend, uh, so that they get some kind of great track record, and then they get a billion dollars under management. And point one eight of a billion is pretty good. The dividends yeah. go first to cover that, and then any excess comes out to you, Tim, and anybody else that has that ETF. Okay. Great. I appreciate that input. Um, the other question I have about uh, dividends is, like, uh, I, I notice that as the prices drop, the dividend increases. Like on financials right now, there's a lot of them out there that seem to pay a, a pretty good dividend. If I buy in at uh, at a higher dividend, let's say it's saying it's paying, you know, 6% right now, as that price goes up and more people are buying that stock, the dividend drops. Am I locked in at the higher dividend rate that I bought it at? And if so, if I end up buying a little bit more later on and then I sell some to take some profit, am I selling the the first ones that have the higher dividend? I know that's kind of a, lo a loaded question. Yeah, there's, a, the there's a pile of questions there. One, one's a tax question. I'll tackle it first, and that's going to be you can certainly designate whatever tax lot you have, but on your portfolio, there's going to be you have set something up on your, quote, Schwab account, okay? So on your Schwab account, there is a, you have directed them to do a uh, something. And it could be first in, first out, last in, last out. But that is a choice you make. And it's not that you can't go back in and manually overwrite it within some set time, usually three days or a week or whatever. But you have to go in and do it immediately if you change what the standard one is. So you can look under your, your own settings and find out what that is. But it, one has been chosen for you for, for if you have multiple buys, okay? It's, it's in there. You. Or there's a default, okay? But, but you've picked one. Uh, and, and you can certainly undo it, but you have to do it immediate, number one. Number two, um, you, when you're buying, you need to understand this is a very important uh, point on the upside and on the downside. What you get paid in a dividend is by the number of shares you have, period, end of story. It's not a, it, The reason that, that people say that they have a 3% or a 6% dividend is because it's based on price. So if I am pay out a dollar a share, over the year, meaning 25 cents a quarter, right? So then you take it and it's a dollar, okay? But I have a $20 stock, that's a 5% dividend, right? 
Okay. Okay. So a dollar on 20 is 5%. If the stock goes up to 40, I still get a dollar. But new people, or, or what my real yield is now is what? Two and a half. It's been cut in half. I still get a dollar. I still get 25 cents a, a share. I, my shares haven't gone away. The price per share has gone up. So it's just simply a reflection when I look. I haven't cut my dividend. I get the same dividend. But if I choose to sell, I get twice as much money. Okay. Okay. Which is right. It's okay, also that's... important to pay attention to because I've, I've had this argument with people, not argument, but discussion. It's difficult in people's mind. No, my dividend, because it's gone up all these years, and the stock price has gone up all these years. My yield is 30%. No, it's not. It's three. You have 10, ta- 10 times the amount of money that you could move to anything else in the world. Now, you'd have to pay taxes, and all these other things have to be considered. Sure. But sometimes people are talking about it inside of an IRA. I appreciate what they're saying is I was smart enough to hang on to it and watch it grow forever, okay? And it did, and my dividends kept going up, and it was a great thing. But your yield is only on what the value is today because you have all the other options in the world available. I can take the money from this investment here, put it over here, and it'll pay me five, not three. But my original, I don't care what your original is. It's great. And from taxes and all these other things, and do you still love the company, all of that matters way more than what your yield is to start. Tim, I'm backed up. I'm sorry. I'm backed up on a, no, a, a no, hard break here. So, Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you appreciate so much. Appreciate you. You have a great rest of the day. Thanks for the call. Call anytime. And uh, as you just heard, i got to take a, our final break of this hour. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and once again, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. If you have any comments or questions, that's petsofinancial.com. We also have podcasts on the Apple Store. I think we have 40,000 downloads. It's a crazy number. Crazy. So I know a lot of people out there listen by podcast, and uh, that certain, most certainly is available. Uh, and also, send us an email. If you have any comments, questions, we, we appreciate it. All right. And that's, a, once again, PetsoFinancial.com. All right. I'm just going to leave this final thought here because we've talked about the volatility. We've talked about how you make most of your money in a bear market. And the, and the thing is, this is really all about our brain, isn't it? It's all mental. It's all about behavior because markets are volatile. It's a fact. It's the opportunity you have. So, oh, man, I, did. I am not going to go to the store unless they have a sale. Or, I mean, can you imagine this? It's like, no, I, I, I love that sweater. I love it. It's 30% off. As soon as you mark it back up, give me a call. Can I put on layaway and wait for the price to go higher? I'm pretty sure that person would be taken away. But we do this with Google or whatever it is. You just like, that's 30% off in 22. I'm not going to have any of that. (laughs) No. And then the same experts told you stay away from tech because it can't work. Not a rising interest rate environment won't work. Are now telling you by June of 23, after it's gone up 40%, I'm not kidding, that you probably need to be buying tech. Ah, super helpful. 
we we want bargains in our life, and volatility is how you do it. And our behavior is everything. You want to earn the ten percent returns that the market gives you for doing nothing except sitting on the couch? Then leave your stuff alone. The market will take care of it. This just takes care of it. If you want cost of living adjusted income all the days of your life that you can't outlive, quit running around like your objective is, well, should we buy tech? Should we buy low P.E. ratios? Should I sit on cash for a while? No. Build and own portfolios that meet your objectives. If your objective is cost of living adjusted income all the days of your life that you can't outlive, build a portfolio there and leave it alone. Quit behaving like an idiot. I mean it. I'm not trying to. I know. Oh, don't say idiot. Don't be. Oh, you gotta be nice. I, hey, just stop it. I am nice. But when we do these things, I'm an idiot too. We all do stupid things. But this is like straight up. What are you trying to do? That's what I want. Okay, there, good. Then let's have peace over it. Don't run around like your hair is on fire. It causes you to do crazy things. It causes you to worry about things that you shouldn't be worried about. And maybe you might overreact. Don't do that. Don't do that. It, it, when we sit and fuss and worry, I, I think everything from the Bible to like just common sense to, to all the way for our lives where you're just like, ah, we want some peace in your life? Quit worrying. Don't worry. It won't add a day of your life or a dollar to your account. It won't. Build a portfolio. Take a deep breath. Behave well.